this out a little bit. Um, so if you can't read what's on the screen, it says parts of church. And there are a lot of different things that happen at church. I was talking to the youth group last week, not last, a couple weeks ago, a couple Fridays ago, about it. And they were saying that church is a little bit weird when you think about it. You start and you come in and you sing love songs to this guy that you can't see. Um, and then you drink his blood and eat his body. And then you talk about him for half an hour and then you go home. Um, and sometimes he turns up and does weird things. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so church, when you break it down, can be kind of weird. And at the heart of it, it's all about the love songs we sing and the love messages we share and all of that kind of stuff. But um, also can't deny it. So these are some of the different parts. You have the worship, you're catching up with people, you have the sermon, you have communion, ministry time. So you have all of these different parts. Um, and you can't, well, I think this is true. There are some parts that we like more than others. Um, and so I'm going to start with a little poll because <laughs> I am a bit of a geek. Um, so each part's important. I understand that. But there are some parts that are more fun than others. So, going in order. If your favorite part of church is worship, put up your hand. <laughs> you can only put up your hand for one, by the way. You can't put them up for all. So if you put your hand up, we can start again if you want. So, okay, we'll start again. You can only pick one. You can only pick one, because I'm going to be mean. So, if your favorite part of church is worship, put up your hand. Yep, cool. If your favorite part is the catching up with people, you can put up your hand. Cool. If it's the sermon, put up your hand. It's me. Um, if it's communion, put your hand up. Like that, Sam. Like to see that. And if it is the ministry time, put your hand up. Cool. So, yeah, my favorite part is the sermon. And um, that's why we have a sermon at church, because I really like it. And that's why we've done it for thousands of years just for me, um, even though I've only been here 20. <laughs> so... Um, no, there's a bit more to the sermon, and that's what I'm talking about. This is the meta-sermon. We are getting a bit into it, because this is a sermon about sermons. Um, <laughs> and essentially, what's the point? Why do we do them? Um, they're a bit weird. Why should you listen to me? I'm, like, younger than most of you. Why should you listen to me talk for half an hour about God? What do I know? Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to start with a bit of a definition. And this is what I found on the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Um, There's a religious discourse delivered in public, usually by a member of the clergy, as a part of a worship service. So what we do here on a Sunday is a worship service. The whole thing is about worshiping God. Um, and a part of that is worship songs or love songs that we sing to Jesus. But it's, this whole thing is a worship service. But then, again, I was talking to the youth group, um, and these are some of the definitions they came up with. So, uh, so people who understand what is being said can understand God more. That was, um, I think, the most accurate one. Um, but God's press tour or book tour or a TED talk about God were also some ones. And there was another one that made a feature, which was you just need to fill an hour. Um, <laughs> which, you know, sometimes can feel a bit true. Um, but... That doesn't tell us why. That tells us kind of, you know, what it is that, you know, where 
someone it's sharing about what God's doing now and what he's going to do and what he has done that tells us what it is but it doesn't tell us why we do it it doesn't tell us what the point of it is so I went back and did some history nope not yet um so I just looked back and sermon has been around for thousands of years it's always been a part of the church it's always been something that we've held on to, but it goes back further than that. It's also a part of Jewish tradition, is a sermon or that type of thing. It hasn't necessarily been called a sermon, but that is what it is, where people, the priests, would come and address the people about God. There's, um, at the beginning of Luke, when it's talking about John the Baptist and his birth, um, there's a bit of a part of that sermon there with his dad, um, but yeah, so it's gone all through church history. The book of First John is actually considered to be a poetic sermon. So the whole book is a sermon. The whole book was basically John going, send this letter and you get up and you just read this in front of church, which is a what, a, what a lot of the letters were. Um, and the book of Acts is full of sermons. You read through it and it's people going out and sharing the gospel with people. Jesus does a sermon, this is a sermon on the mount, this is the most famous one, but probably everywhere he went, he proclaimed the good news, which is the gospel, and which is what a sermon is meant to be focused on, is the good news. Um, you go through and you have the prophets, who, they all shared sermons essentially, they were all preaching on what God is doing in their time now, and what he is going to do. And you go right back, and it goes right back through to Moses, and you have the book of Deuteronomy is a sermon, a very, very long one, a very convicting one, especially if you were there. Um, and the Ten Commandments, when he came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, that was meant to be a sermon. It was the beginning of the marriage covenant with the Jews and with or with the Israelites and with the with God. It was the beginning of that. Um, and so it goes all the way back. So why is it stuck around for thousands of years? Why do we listen to people talk? It's not always easy to listen to people talk for half an hour or an hour. I know I go to a lot of university lectures. They're really boring. Um, so what makes a sermon different? And why, why do we do it? You know, it's always been done, but that's not always a good reason for keeping things around. So if they've stood the test of time, they must be important. There's this great book by great theologian N.T. Wright called Simply Jesus. And he touches on it um, at the beginning of his book, which he says, um, so he's talking about the Israelites, um, could very easily forget that their national dream, so for this you can insert anything, their national dream, or for you guys, your personal dream, um, God's purpose for them might actually be two quite different things. The prophets existed to remind them of the fact, that, but, but the prophets were easy to ignore or kill. Um, if you also read any of the books about the prophets, they got killed a lot. It wasn't always a happy ending. Um, they were all sharing sermons, and I really hope at the end of this you don't kill me. Um, <laughs> I think we've moved on a bit from that. Um, but yeah, so it is about this idea of it being... The prophets were there to remind the people that sometimes what God wants isn't 
always what you want to happen. And um, God's ways are kind of better than our ways. And Isaiah says basically exactly this. Um, Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. For my thoughts and not your thoughts, and my ways, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God's basically saying, I'm better than you all, and you better trust me on that. Um, but no, it's, he is better than all of us, and we should trust him in that. Um, a sermon is meant to draw us back into alignment with God. It is meant to be a recentering. The whole of a worship service is meant to draw us back into alignment with God. Our whole lives are meant to be lived in alignment with God, but it's really hard for that to go a bit haywire. Um, and a sermon is one of the times where we get to do that. It is a chance for us to stop for half an hour and actually listen to what God is saying. Because if we're honest with ourselves, there are very few times in our lives where we will actually stop and only listen to God for half an hour. We won't, like, you know, you might talk to him and pray to him in your head during a sermon. That's awesome. Really encourage doing that. But stopping and listening and saying, God, speak to me in whatever you want to talk to me about for half an hour. Um... And we put so many other things, we listen to so many other things for half an hour. If you watch the news, you watch the news for an hour, if you watch the six o'clock news. Um, you're giving more time to watching the current events than to listening to God who creates the current events um, and creates the world and can fix all the current events. How many other things do we put in front of God? How many other things do we align ourselves with in front of God? That can be political parties, that can be relationships, that can be other thoughts and other ways of doing things. There are so many things it's really easy to put in front of God to lose that alignment and to lose that focus on that we are chosen as Christians to journey our lives with God and he's meant to be the focus. Um, that's really hard to do. It can be really hard. There's um, when you reach the North Pole, and if you've been following with a compass, or the South Pole, um, your compass goes a bit haywire because you're at the magnetic pole, and that's how your compass finds where it's going. It's through magnets. And um, when it goes a bit haywire, you don't really know where you are because you're no longer looking north. And the best way to solve the problem is to walk away in any direction from that place that's making your compass go haywire, and then it will start to sort itself out. And sometimes we need to do that. There are things in our lives where we walk towards them, and they look like good things, you know? Finding and reaching the North Pole is something that's often celebrated in our society, and it's quite cool when people do it. Um, but there are things that we walk towards, and it can seem like a good thing, but we need to walk away and we need to listen to God and walk away from that to realign with where we actually are in the world and what's going on. And, you know, it can be hard to walk away from that thing you've been walking towards. Um, and, but it's the turning point, it's the crossroads, and that's part of what coming into alignment is. And sometimes it's a bigger walk away and sometimes it's just, you know, taking a bit of a step to the left because you weren't quite there. Um, but it's all about coming back into alignment, into walking with God. Um, over the past few weeks, uh, James in particular has been talking about this idea of 
us as the church as the bride of Christ. Um, so I'm going to put it a bit in that framework. Oh, one sec. So what God wills doesn't always mean what we want, and what he wills is always better than what we want. It's basically those verses and things summarized and sermon is all about bringing us back to this side of the equation and the whole worship service is about bringing us back to this side of the equation um but as the bride of christ um how 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 does a sermon fit into that um i don't know if any of you ever planned a wedding i am in the middle of planning a wedding at the moment it is quite hectic um there are lots of conversations that need to be had down to like everything um <laughs> and you know the what it will look like what will it look like afterwards what does it look like now who's going to be there how do we let them know that they should be there how do we let them know that we really want them to be there um all of that stuff and all of these conversations happen in different ways you have them over phone calls over emails through others through text conversations face to face these all happen in different ways especially as we've got more and more ways of communicating now and part of when you're planning a wedding is you'll have times where you sit down and you just plan for like half an hour and you just organize it instead of just sitting in the car and talking about it and in many ways a sermon is like this dedicated time to plan the wedding all of the stuff that happens is stuff that's about preparing ourselves for this coming day this coming king this coming wedding banquet and all that will happen after this wedding banquet that we really don't get um it's talking about what has been done so what have we done already where are we at what is happening and what will happen at the banquet and beyond um and if we spell this out with the gospel we're looking at what he has done so for the israelites this was jesus taking them out of yeah uh not jesus god taking them out of egypt um for us it's our own exodus story of jesus taking us out of the brokenness of this world and into the ability to get to the new earth um so for us it's jesus coming in the middle of history and transforming the entirety of it what he is doing is transforming the lives of people who want relationship with him um so he's coming into the middle of our lives at this moment and transforming our lives and those of the lives around of the people around us and so and then what he will do is come from heaven and there'll be the marriage of heaven and earth and the marriage of the church and Christ and all of it will come together and it will be this new transformation into this new thing that we can like whatever you imagine the perfect earth could be it's like a thousand million billion times better than that and then some um and so it's being transformed again so all of it is about this transformation of people and so there's a lot of transformation stuff going on and we're meant to be a part of that and how do we prepare for that it's one of the big things and if the sermon is a part of preparing for that we need to listen to the sermon um so how do we listen well and this is this is where i um fell down a rabbit hole um if you don't know i'm a psych major i'm in my third year and um i fell down a rabbit hole of like journal articles cuz all of 
psych professors really enjoy, you know, you come into the first few lectures and they really like telling you all about how to remember things well so that when you're failing to do that um, throughout the rest of uni and how to study well, um, you just, you know, you go back over your notes and you feel really convicted because um, you're not doing what the research says you should be doing with how to study, you know, you shouldn't cram it all before the night beforehand. Um, don't recommend that for when God comes either because we don't really know when that's going to happen. Um, but <laughs> we should just be cramming all the time. Um, so how do we listen well? And so these are the things that from the research that I did has found. So not on your phones is like one of the big ones to actually be focused on what God, what's happening in the moment because um, with being on your phones, you're sending the message to yourself that what is happening in this moment isn't the most important thing. It's, you know, and God is the most important thing, so you can just lying to yourself. Um, taking notes actually really helps. Writing out notes. I see a few people doing that. Maybe I should have said this at the start. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, handwriting notes, the act of Handwriting means the words are going through more parts of your brain and you're processing it differently to take different notes and all of that psychology stuff um, that I read too much about. Um, and talking to other people afterwards. So this is helping you process what was going on. It's the ongoing thought of how do, what was happening, what was said, what was going on, that kind of thing. And then if you have taken notes, if you mark anywhere on your bit of paper that you were confused, um, reviewing that and going back over your notes um, or using the verses that we used in the sermon to guide your reading for the rest of the week, but centering your life in that place of where, you know, the whole week is meant to be shifted to the realign of on a Sunday to be shifted, to be aligned with Christ. So how can we use what was said through the sermon and communion and worship and everything? How can we use that to guide our week? Um, if we are the bride of Christ, then we really should be listening to what um, Christ has to say and remember what he's saying to us partially because when you're bride, you're meant to love the person that's going to be the groom, so you want to listen to them. Um, but also when it's Jesus that we're talking about, um, really, this is God we're talking about, so we should really just want to listen to God anyway, because he's a good God, and we're very lucky for that. Um, and if God really is God, then we need to treat him like God, even though he is, able, he is our best friend and wants to call us his friend. He is also so much more than that and so much higher than that. He like literally created the universe, and we should... Um, honor and revere and listen to what he has to say because I guarantee it's always better than what you're thinking. Um, but yeah, so I do encourage you over the next few weeks, you know, we're in the season of Lent and so that can be a good time to get into practice and to prepare yourselves for Easter when we remember what he has done, this big transforming in the middle of history. Um, that's all pointing towards what's going to happen. Um, so over Lent, I do encourage you to get into the practice and habit of listening to God on a Sunday, but also in every aspect of your life, trying to keep realigning with him, enduring back to him, enduring back to his heart. Um, yeah, and it doesn't mean that they're always going to be the most fun things, but 
they're important, so what can you do about it? Um, yeah, so with that, just thought we could pray, and then if anybody has anything that's come up throughout the whole service that they want prayer for, there'll be people up here that we can pray for you, um, or just anything in general. But God, we thank you for creating us and creating us in this moment and in this time that you know is the perfect place for us to be, Lord. Um, Yes, so we ask that you will continue to draw us back into relationship with you, back into alignment with you, whether we feel far away or really close, that you will just draw us closer and closer, Lord, that we will listen to you, that we will really put your words and your hope and your trust and your goodness, that we will focus in on that and listen to that above all else that we hear, Lord, that your words that your message and everything that we will really be able to focus on what you are saying lord yes so we thank you and we honor you and worship you and thank you praise you for all that you have done lord that um all you are doing and all you will do that you will keep inviting us into that lord and that we will keep saying yes to your invitation god yeah amen